Hello, Atlanta. Thanks for sticking with us through the break. We always appreciate you taking your time to listen to this show, and we want to give you good, valuable information, information you can use to make the best decisions whenever possible when buying, selling, or investing in real estate in Metro Atlanta. And if you're listening outside of Metro Atlanta, we want to help you there as well. In this segment, what's happened with mortgage delinquencies since the pandemic started? You would think they would have skyrocketed during the pandemic, and I feel for anybody who had problems paying their mortgage during the pandemic. What a frustrating situation. Also, what in the heck is sick house syndrome? We have a listener question. I had never heard of sick house syndrome before, but it is a real thing, and we're going to talk about it Talk about it in this segment. And then the LGBTQ community, believe it or not, still fears discrimination when it comes to housing. I'm not here to promote any particular type of lifestyle, but I think we ought to let everybody live how they want to live. And I find it really hard to believe that there is still active discrimination against the LGBTQ community when it comes to real estate. You're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio, where we help listeners go from real estate experts, excuse me, real estate novices to experts. So home selling and buying can be done with total confidence and without all the worry that's typical with life's biggest investments. We want to connect with you. Go to gogaddisradio.com. You can ask questions, make comments, push back, share ideas, request your neighborhood be featured in our neighborhood spotlight. We want you to visit today. You can also sign up for our podcast. Our podcast is available on every major podcasting platform. Wherever you get your podcast, wherever you subscribe to your podcast, you can find our podcast there. Delinquencies on mortgages hit the lowest rate since the start of the pandemic. Now, we're talking about mortgage delinquencies, not homes in forbearance. We have talked separately about homes that are in forbearance uh, during this show, and we'll actually talk about it again before we're over. This is from an article from DS News, which is Debt Servicing News, a, a news an e-newsletter. By the way, if you're a real estate agent and want some great up-to-date information on what's going on in real estate, I consider... DS News, really my one of my main sources for timely information. It says the mortgage loan delinquency rate for March of 2021 reportedly hit its lowest since March one year prior when side effects of the global pandemic were just starting to drag down the U.S. economy. The researchers' latest study covers the, this past March. It showed that 4.9% of all mortgages were in some stage of delinquency. The previous March of 2020, delinquencies hit 3.6%. Core logics economists say U.S. overall mortgage delinquency lessened significantly from February to March of this year, and rates for nearly every other stage of delinquency were down compared to a year ago. Homeowners are catching up on their debt as the economic effects of the pandemic begin to wane, which is yet another sign of forward motion on the road to overall recovery. Let's look at some specific numbers if you're interested, because I am. There is a real underlying school of thought out there today that we are going to face a wave of foreclosures. I was talking to an investor who's based in uh, in the Bronx, in New York, and we're helping him and his business partner sell a property here in Metro Atlanta, and he is absolutely positively sure that we are going to face an economic crisis because of the number of foreclosures that will roll through the system. I'm not absolutely sure that I'm in that camp at this point. You know, until you see supply and demand get out of whack and supply is so low, we're going to talk about that a lot in the fourth segment of the show, but until you see those numbers get out of whack, 
I just don't see us facing a significant foreclosure crisis. But if, as we break down the stages of delinquency, here are the numbers. Mortgages that are delinquent 30 to 60 days are 1% of the total outstanding mortgages, which is down one point down from 1.9% the previous year. So almost twice as many mortgages were 30 to 60 days delinquent a year ago than today. Mortgages that are 60 to 90 days past due were 0.4%, not 4%, 0.4%, down from 0.6% in March of 2020. And the serious delinquency rate, those are the ones defined as 90 days or more past due. And man, if you're out there and you have a mortgage that is still past due, uh, we have done tons of short sales. We've helped people do lots of workouts and modifications. I'm not positive I can help you, but I will absolutely positively talk to you and give you whatever advice I can. And if there's any way I can help you, I will. But those loans defined are, that are 90 days more or more delinquent, including loans in foreclosure, was 3.5% up from 1.2% in March. So the 30 to 90 days delinquencies decreased. The serious delinquency increased from 1.2% to 3.5%. It says, due to state and federal foreclosure moratoria, easy for me to say, still in place, the foreclosure inventory rate remains low at 0.3% down from 0.4% in March of 2020. So the answer is that we are looking pretty good when it comes to the mortgage delinquency rate, and those delinquency rates have hit their lowest since the start of the pandemic. Dave in Carrollton writes in, and if you've just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio on AM 920, The Answer, right here in Atlanta. I'm Cleve Gaddis. I'm host of this show, and I'm so delighted you're here listening to us today, and I hope in some way that I can help you. Uh, we'd love to be able to work with you at some point in time if we could, but the reality is if we can't, we still want to be able to help you. Dave in Carrollton writes in and says, we've been told our home has sick house syndrome. What information can you give us on this? And the answer when I first got this question was nothing. <laughs> I hadn't even heard of it before, but I found a great resource. And this is an article written by the experts at Pillar to Post Home Inspections that's entitled, What is Sick House Syndrome and What Causes It? This is in RIS Media, which is a huge real estate publication. Probably two or 300,000 real estate agents read this on a monthly basis. And I'm going to give you some real details here. Sick house syndrome occurs when a house can't breathe and rid itself of indoor pollutants resulting in poor indoor air quality or a sick house. Ina inadequate ventilation allows these pollutants to build up, causing potential health risks to the home's occupants, young children, the elderly, and some chronically ill persons are most susceptible to the effects of sick house, sick house syndrome. Pets can also be affected too, dadgummit. This one other thing we need is to worry about our pets and sick house syndrome. Common sources of indoor pollution include tobacco, smoke, Certain carpeting and flooring materials, that's scary. Furnaces and fireplaces, that's scary. Pressed wood cabinets, oh my goodness, that's scary. And furniture. Sounds like there's a lot of stuff in our homes that are giving off harmful gases to us and household cleaning products. In addition, a buildup of moisture can cause mold, which can grow uncontrolled and undetected inside walls, attics, crawl spaces, and other areas. Mold spores are related or released into the air and can travel throughout the home heating and cooling ductwork, ductwork, so what seems like a localized problem can actually be spread, spreading throughout the house. People living in sick houses are often unaware of their situation because air quality conditions usually worsen over time. They just don't get really bad really fast. It can sometimes take years for substances to build up to problem levels 
and the home's occupants won't even know it. Individuals can react very differently to these pollutants. It says, how can this be controlled? Well, the long story short is you need air circulation, but let's see what the experts say you need to do. Source control is usually the most effective way to improve indoor air quality. In some cases, eliminating the specific sources of indoor pollution is all that's necessary. For example, removing carpets or repairing faulty furnaces. It's also a good idea to have heating and cooling ducts cleaned every few years. I do not do that in my own home, and I really think that I should. For many other offending substances, improving ventilation is a key means of decreasing indoor pollution. These include tobacco smoke, cleaning products, and moisture buildup. Many newer homes in particular are so well sealed that only a very limited amount of fresh air can get in. And in this situation, using an attic fan, window fans, opening windows and doors as when weather permits is an easy and inexpensive way to increase ventilation, which should decrease sick house syndrome in your home. What a great question, Dave. I appreciate you asking a question that I had no idea of the answer to. And I hope that that description of sick house syndrome was at least helpful for somebody out there listening today. If you're looking to sell your home anytime in the next three to six months, we think we can help you sell it for $28,000 more than your neighbor sold their home for. You're thinking, oh my gosh, how could you do that? Well, it's a two-part program. Number one, you'll get a customized maximum value plan. That's like an appraisal on steroids. In many cases, agents will help predict the price of your home today, the sales price of your home today based on sales in the last 90 to 180 days. But how much of an adjustment do you need to make for a home that sold in March versus one that sold in December versus maybe one that sold last June? It's not an easy thing to do, and normally appraisers have to do it. But if you know what you're doing, we can actually help you understand just how high you can push the price. We'll also give you a rehab and refresh budget of up to $15,000 should you qualify. And that just means you have to have enough equity in order to pay us back. And there are no costs, no fees, no obligation, no whatsoever here. Uh, We will actually hire the contractor, supervise all the work. And sometimes it makes a huge difference in your sales price. We just did a rehab and refresh program in the city of Lilburn. And I have no doubt in my mind that the sales price of that house will be $50,000, $50,000 higher than it would otherwise be. If you want to find out more information on selling your house for $28,000 more, go to gogaddisradio.com, G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com, or just call us at 770-497-0000. I want to mention an article here. I was at a, a summit, if you will, a few weeks ago about diversity, equity, inclusion, a very good learning experience for me about some of the discrimination that people around the world face that I as unfortunately or fortunately as a 53-year-old white male, I don't really experience discrimination. I I don't know that I've ever been discriminated against, although I'm sure I have and, and didn't know it. But when it comes to purchasing a home, buyers in the LGBTQ community want to know they're safe and accepted. This report was 1,583 Members of the LGBTQ community were surveyed. More than half of the respondents did not own their home compared to 66% of others. And what they're saying is that it's it's apparent that there is still some discrimination going on out there. It says that discrimination against among transgender people uh, is 44%. And so I don't even know why I decided to mention this on the show today other than, you know what? I think everybody deserves to live the life that they want to live just because I might not agree 
with someone's lifestyle, meaning I might not agree that it's right for me, doesn't mean I should restrict them in any way, shape, form, or fashion. We're going to take a quick break in the next segment. Where to find motivated sellers in the metro Atlanta housing market? What's happening with forbearance volume lately? I told you that was coming up. How can your HOA force you to add mulch to your landscape beds? And what is a DTI and how does it affect your ability to get a loan? We've got these subjects and more. Stick with us. We'll be back.